Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really, really excited to share my friend and client from The Matrix, Brooke Meyer, with you. She's incredible. And she'll introduce herself when I share the interview with you guys. But I wanted to quickly share my thoughts about Brooke and just introduce you to her from my perspective. I'm a young working mom, and this whole interview is about working moms. And I love Brooke's perspective because she's been a working mom for 12 years before Instagram was a thing. And the reason that I wanted to bring her onto the podcast was because I think as a coach, but also as a woman who's done it, she has embodied wisdom. (laughs) And so I was really excited to have a conversation with her about working moms, some of the judgments and expectations that we can drop and all sorts of good things, good golden nuggets for you. And so I'm just really excited to share Brooke with you. And so without further ado, welcome to my interview with Brooke Meyer. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Brooke. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you, Amber. I'm thrilled to be here. Cue the applause and the oohs and the ahs. <laughs> Welcome. I already introduced you in the intro, but I'd love to hear your own thoughts and words about your story and your little bio, like what you would say about yourself. Yeah. So I am a mom of three kids. I have a daughter who just turned 12, actually, and a son who has special needs. He has Down syndrome and he's nine years old. And then I have another daughter who's seven. I'm married and I have worked since I graduated from college back in a long time ago. And I've worked in the financial services industry that whole time, which was not totally my plan. But here we are now 20 plus years later. And I have worked as a single person, as a married woman, and then as a married mom with kids. So lots of experience there. Cool. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Why I'm so excited. I think I mentioned before we started recording that, I mean, I coach a lot of moms, but I think what you have to offer isn't just like coaching tools. It's also like wisdom and experience working while being the kind of mom that you want to be. I'm excited for the listeners to hear all your wise words. My hard-won wisdom. No. Your hard-won wisdom. Yeah. So I guess we can just start with like, what do you think are the biggest struggles? Let's validate the moms out there. <laughs> Let's help them feel like we know your pain. Totally. But like in your own words, and your own experience, like what do you think the biggest challenges are? When I was first pregnant with my first daughter and I was working and my husband and I went to start looking at daycares, it was a situation that I never really anticipated for myself. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and I had a lovely childhood and she did all the things. We went to all these different daycares and I'm like, it's not clean enough or it's not nice enough or, you know, whatever. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like I have screwed this up before my child is even born. (laughs) And then flash forward about six months ago, I was talking to my oldest daughter, who's now almost 12. We were talking about best friends. I don't know how we got on the subject. And I said, well, Sophie, like, who do you think my best friend is? And she didn't even think about it. She looked at me and she said me. And I was like. That is excellent. Yes. 
and of course she is one of my very best friends. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe I haven't totally screwed it up. I think working moms often think that there's a better way or a better choice that they should have made that would have made things easier. I think there's a huge demand on time. And I know I have often felt like I was just letting everyone down. Like I wasn't that good of a mom. I wasn't that good of a employee. I wasn't like there's too much going on. I think moms feel bad. Like if they can't be the PTO president and be in the classrooms all the time and do all the activities. I think you can feel guilty about pretty much everything, you know, what you feed your kids. I have often thought my kids are only going to remember me just telling them to hurry up because it felt like that's all I ever said. It was like, hurry up in the morning and hurry up after school and hurry up whatever. But I think in the years that I have seen go by with my kids, you know, being babies to where they are now, solid relationships are solid relationships. And they love me as I am. I'm not sure that I would have been that great of a full-time mom. And so I think we've just found a really good balance and I've had to let some things go. And I think that's okay. Yeah. So I'm going to zoom in because when you describe looking at the dirty daycares and then you're like, fast forward, there was a (laughs) lot of things that you learned and that you did, maybe mistakes, maybe great things to get you to the place. Like, it's so cool that your 12 year old daughter, which like I was 12. I remember what I was like, but she was like, I'm your best friend. We're best friends. Like what memories, what things immediately come to mind that got you to that place? A lot of memories of things that I didn't do the way that I thought I should. Okay, let's start there. That's the great. <laughs> because I think in my mind, like when I was thinking about our conversation coming up, I was like, there's just so many expectations of moms and how we think it's going to be. And then when you work, things change. Yeah. So like what expectations did you have to draw? <laughs> or like just walk me through that whole thought process. Yeah. I mean, I think women, we have this just ideal that's completely unattainable. I saw a quote and I'm totally going to misquote it, but it was like, women can do anything. And I totally believe that. But it said, but not everything. And I would add at least not all at once. Like, yeah, you just it's not possible. And I think for me, it's been about deciding what I want to choose to do. So like I didn't volunteer as the PTO president. I wasn't the classroom mom until I thought, you know, I could fit that in with my schedule. I was the very last mom to pull into the parking lot at 529 because daycare closed at 530 and run in and get my kids because I had a demanding job. This wasn't just a job that I went to and left. Like one of my most recent positions, I was vice president of marketing at a big insurance company. So it wasn't something that I could just be like, well, whatever. It doesn't (laughs) did matter. Yeah, it did matter. What I did at work. And so as I thought about this and prepared for our conversation, I think as women, working moms or not, it makes sense sometimes to make a list of the things, like make a list of the things that you're doing. Make a list of the things that you feel you should do. Because we spend a lot of time saying, I should do this or I should do that. I think it helps to get it down on paper and then you can kind of go, that's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) It should be hiking 
Mount Everest and I should be making healthy meals every night. And you're just, yeah. you see it all together. You say, that doesn't make sense. I would never expect my sister or my best friend to do that. Why in the world would I expect it of myself? And then I think, take a step back and say like, why do I feel like I should do those things? And what do I want to do? Yeah. I have spent many years meditating on the idea of what I choose. Like I choose my children and I choose like thinking about the things that I'm actively choosing in order to really focus my attention. And I think that's been super helpful. Yeah. I think that especially women are afraid of that question a little bit. Like, well, I can't do what I want to do. Because they're like afraid that they're going to like mess it up or that they're going to want something really bad. And it's funny because I'm like, what do you really want? Yeah. And then when you answer that, it's like all good things. Like what you want is to play with your kids. You want to be there when they're having a bad day or like maybe you do want to work. It's like, that's not so bad. It's not this like evil, like selfish, super sad thing yeah. that you want. A friend of mine who's quite a bit older than me and is a therapist told me something once that has stuck with me. She's like, there is no way to be a perfect mom. But there are a million ways to be a good enough mom. And I love like that it wasn't a cop out. It was just there's no possible way to be a perfect Mm -hmm. mom. And I think we each bring unique abilities, unique talents to the job. Like some moms sit down and play games and do that stuff. Some moms do activities. I have a sister who's very different mom than me. She homeschools her kids. She's super fun. I'm not that fun. But we both have really good relationships with our kids and have made that a priority. And I think when you realize you're not going to screw your kids up, it just gives room to be yourself in that role. Yeah. I feel like what you just said, though, takes a level of awareness. Because I think, especially when I was like a brand new mom, I was like, oh, good moms blank. Like I had like a list of things that good moms do. One of mine was like, good moms play pretend with their kids. Like they get on the floor and they play pretend. And what's funny is, it's like, I don't do that. And then I realized like my mom didn't do that. But somehow along the way, I got this story that like, I'm not a good mom because I don't like doing that. When I was a young mom, Instagram wasn't a thing. I think now we see all these pictures of Mm -hmm. all these and we kind of aggregate it, right? We can see like, 20 different moms doing 20 different things, but somehow we put it all together into one and say, well, I should be able to do everything that I'm seeing these 20 different people do all in one person. And that's That's so good. Ridiculous. Yep. I think that that's really good intelligence to witness in yourself. Like how often do I scroll and I just like collect data about all these (laughs) moms and I'm like, oh, good moms do everything that I've seen online. Right. Right. It's all in one. All in one. It's like right. a thought error, you know. <laughs> right. But it's like that's the ideal. That's the standard that we create unknowingly, like almost like unconsciously. And then it causes like a lot of internal drama and pain. I remember in one of my early role working positions, I hired a girl who was probably her second job out of college. She was younger than me and I was pregnant with my first child. And you know, we talked and I told, oh, I'm kind of guilty about like, how am I going to make all this work? And she looked at me and she's like, oh, my mom worked. Like we were happy. And I knew from our discussions, you know, she spent the weekends with her mom and they were going to dinner and they were going shopping. And I thought, 
Oh, so like you can have a really good relationship with your mom, even if she works like it's possible. It's not mutually exclusive. Well, you've chosen a job over your kids. Like, yeah, good luck with that. You know that I did. Yes, I could be a good mom. Yeah, that's so good. I heard this once. and I've never articulated it this way, but the way that she articulated it was like, just because you work doesn't mean your kids aren't your priority. If you're at work and your kid's sick, guess what you do? You right. leave work to go get your kid. That shows you what the priority is. Because right. if work was the priority, you'd be like, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> I think it just speaks to that, that relationship goes way beyond what you do. And I, you can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm putting it in quotes. <laughs> what you do as a mom it's much more who you are as yeah. a person. Yes, I have been really fortunate in my career to work for people and work with people who family was a priority for them as well. In an industry that, you know, is very driven and very performance focused and whatever, but I had a boss who understood, like you said, if a kid is sick at school and has a fever, like I've got to go. Yeah. And you know, maybe I'm working a little bit that evening or whatever. You know, I think about this idea of balance, like everything is Zen all the time. And you know, this has its percentage and that has its percentage. I think it's more of like a juggle <laughs> of where is my attention needed right now? And sometimes it's needed at work. And my kids can watch Lion King for the sixth time because I've got to get this stuff done. And sometimes it's work like, I get that this is important, but my child is more important and I'm going to go take care of them. And I think I haven't seen any real damage come from that approach. Like, I think my kids feel loved and taken care of and I've had a pretty good career. So I think I'm thinking of like specifically people who are either new in business or new in work and they've been a mom, but now they're working. Or it's like the mom who doesn't know any different, but like they're new both like young kids and they're starting to work and they're like this isn't what my mom did I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or like guilty or like I don't know how to do it all what would your advice be for that kind of person who's like at the beginning stages where they are like what do I do I feel awful all the time about everything because I'm not good enough (laughs) ever what would you say is the most important thing for them to know I don't think that that kind of guilt serves anyone. It doesn't make anything better to just sit around and feel guilty. It just makes things worse. You kind of heap that on yourself. And so I think if you honor your intentions and what you are striving to do in multiple aspects of your life and let the guilt go, and maybe it's easier said than done. I certainly know that. But the guilt doesn't make you a better worker. It doesn't make or you a better, better mom. Role. It just takes any joy or any energy out of what you're doing. And so it kind of goes back, Amber, to the idea of choosing. Like, what are you creating? What are you working towards? And how do you take action towards that in your life? Not that it's going to be perfect, but I think if you feel guilty all the time, nothing's going to be good. It's just not. It's so true. And I think it is easier said than done, but I think even just this conversation, listening to it, it's planting a seed. Like this is a possibility for me where I could really be present in the moment and not be guilty about what I'm not doing. I think that's what it's like. When I'm working and guilty, I'm not with my kids. And when I'm with my kids, I feel guilty that I'm not working. And it just distracts you from what you are doing. It like ruins the moment that you are in. 
Totally. And I think that's something for me that's been really important is trying to do all things for everyone at the same time is just an exercise. For me, it makes me angry. Like I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at work for imposing on my kids and I'm mad at my kids for imposing on my work. And so for me, it's helped to kind of try to carve out those times where I'm working and then I'm with my kids. One thing that's been super important and I'm not a perfect mom by any means, but one of the things that I think I will be most proud of when I look back on my time as a mom is bedtime. I read to my kids, all three of them individually every night and I put them to bed. You know, maybe it's not in accordance with every book on how to put kids to bed, but it was an important time for me as a working mom to have with my kids to read to connect in that way and then to lay with them and be close while they went to sleep. And so I think all moms figure out how they want to be a mom and you figure out like, how do I connect with my kids in a way that means something to me and means something to them? And then when I'm putting them to bed, I'm present for that. And if I ever find myself getting resentful, I'd really just rather like go and go to bed myself or whatever. I think back to my values and what I'm choosing and why I'm doing it. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I love this. I would never give up this time. And so I think it's always just going back to what am I choosing to do and why? And like you said, being present. Yeah. Not letting all the things compete. Because that's the hard way to live. Yeah. And I think it's a recipe for insanity. I know I've had seasons in my especially years ago when I was newer to business and motherhood at the same time. (laughs) And I felt like a crazy person because I was trying to like do everything that I saw my stay-at-home mom friends do and everything that I saw my business owner friends do all at the same time. And it was like crazy. Yeah. And so I realized like there's a season and even like many seasons in a day, right? Like the season in the day that you were just describing, like I'm in this moment with my kids or I'm reading books. I'm not thinking about all the tasks open for work that I will find tomorrow, right? And it's almost like a closing of tabs in your mind. And sometimes I would have to open a work tab after I put them to bed and finish things up. And I think that's hard. Like it's hard to be tired. But when you feel really clear on what you've chosen to do Mm -hmm. not what you're meant to do or what you should do but what you've chosen to do like I've chosen to have this career and to be a good whatever I am and I've chosen to be a mom and this is what I want that to look like that choosing gives energy I think to those things you're doing it's yes. not just like randomly doing stuff because then I have to someone else is doing I'm, it or or like yeah. I'm a victim like I have to do this Right. Bringing about that conscious choice, I think, like you said, unleashes energy and intention. And like at the heart of it, I think you said the word values, which I like that was what was on my mind. I'm like, am I living according to my values? Now that's going to look different for everyone. And I think the big thing that we talk about Instagram or even just like what's available to us to compare to is huge because it's like, well, are those your values or their values? And is it unreasonable to try to live according to their values when you have these values and you are living according to them? Right. And I think it goes back to like something I've learned a lot from you is what do you want? I can look at someone who's on a trip around the world and I could be like, oh, if only I could do that. 
do I really <laughs> do you really <laughs> want it? Yeah. Or am I just going to sit around and want everything that everyone else has? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be a real make a powerful choice of here's how I want to live my life and move towards those values instead of absorbing? I think as women, it's easy for us to absorb the expectations of others and the lives of others and look around and say, oh, well, so-and-so is doing this. Maybe that's what I should do. And there's no power in that. There's no power. This is a personal question, but did your mom work? No. So when you were a young mom, was there ever a moment where you're like, is this the right thing? I think in the day-to-day sometimes, you know, we kind of get pulled into this swirl sometimes. And it's like, oh my gosh, if I could just quit my job and like, but when I really took some time to think about it. It was like, you know what? This is the path for me. And when I thought about my upbringing, like I said, my mom was wonderful. She still is wonderful. And I had a wonderful childhood. But when I think back on what do I remember about that and why was it so wonderful? It's I don't in my memory have a memory of every single day and every single minute we spent together, right? Like I remember making cookies or I remember reading stories or, you know, just different things like that. And it's like, I can create those wonderful moments with my kids without being there all the time. I can create something that I think they will remember and feel good about and that I feel good about. Yeah. It's funny when you like start to challenge your thoughts, like when did we decide that being with your kids a hundred percent of the time was the definition of a good mom? Right. We didn't. It's like this unconscious story. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on between quality time and quantity of time. <laughs> oh, you know, I think obviously I've sort of leaned toward quality time. Yeah. I think being around, you know, on the weekends and stuff, sometimes just being there is super helpful. But I think for me, it made it easier to really focus kind of like we were talking about before, about being present and really giving them all of me when we were together doing things than not being around all the time. So I feel like I have been able to create good relationships and some really special moments. Yeah. Or more quality sometimes than quantity. Yeah. And things I'll actually remember. A lot of times the day to day, I don't have a distinct memory of getting ready for school because we did it every day. So it's just like not something special that I remember with my mom yeah Yeah. I remember the special times which is kind of interesting yeah this is another question that I was thinking about what would you say to someone just because sometimes this comes up in my coaching where it's like they're getting like direct criticism from people that they love whether that's from their own mom or mother-in-law or their sister or other women mostly other women in their life and it's almost like sneaky like well I would never want to work and be away from my kids I just love homeschooling. I can't imagine being away from my kids that much or like, you know, it's just really important from like a religious perspective to be the mom, like the silent, almost like sneaky, you know, I'm talking about like criticism without like outright criticism, but it is like a criticism of the lifestyle of a working mom. And it's hard to hear sometimes or like maybe our minds just run amok, you know, make it mean something it doesn't. But like, what would you say to someone who's experiencing what a direct or indirect criticism of that life that they've chosen? I think when you have actively made a choice and feel good about that for you, 
people are always going to have an opinion on everything that we do. That's so true. We'll always have an opinion. And I think, you know, some of those relationships, maybe family, I fortunately have not experienced that. No, I lived much of my working life in an area where many moms worked. And so it was kind of a norm. And so I didn't get a lot of criticism either that way or from my family. But I think when you make a choice, it's just, oh, I could never stand to be away from my kids. Well, you know, that's what works for me. You have to just own your choice and own your life. And I guess develop sort of a thick skin that allows other people to have opinions that don't matter because they get to choose for their life. They don't get to choose for your life. And I think it comes back to almost like a remembering, like I made this choice for me and for my kids and family. Right. But also for me. And I think it's when it's like wishy-washy, like, did I make this choice? Is it the right choice? It's almost like mental health. Like you're just living in this. I don't know (laughs) if this is for me. I don't know if I made the right choice versus like, there was a better choice that I didn't make. Yes. And and I want you to speak to that because this is something that you said before we started recording. How do you know there wasn't another better choice out there? Because I think we spent our whole lives thinking, oh, like this is challenging. Maybe there was a better choice that yeah. I have made. And in my observation, and I have friends that run the gamut, right? Friends that work full time. I have a friend who is an OBGYN, high risk doctor, right? Like yeah. probably as significant a time expenditure on work as they come. And then I have, like I mentioned, my sister, who's a brilliant stay at home mom who homeschools your kids. Yeah. I know the whole spectrum. And I don't think I've ever known or talked to a mom that was like, this is a breeze. This is so easy. You mean that's not a real thing? (laughs) I don't think it is. I don't think there's a holy grail of if I had made this set of choices, my life would be so easy because that's not the point. Like, I really believe that we are here in this life to grow and no one grows by just breezing through anything and so think about how boring it would be just as an aside we get bored the challenge is what makes us alive and helps us figure out our values and figure out what we can do and figure out what's important to us like if we didn't have those pressures it'd be kind of not very interesting i think so i don't think there's a not an easy choice but there is an aligned choice that is right for us. And I think women who say, well, I made the wrong choice because this is hard. Well, like it's challenging. Being a mom is challenging in the best kinds of ways, right? Like I think I'm a much more developed person than I would have been if I didn't have children, but it's not like, shoot, life is challenging. I went wrong. I don't think that's true. It's not, nothing went wrong. Like it's not like you made the wrong choice just because it's hard. Which I think is a thought error that a lot of people experience. It's like, well, it's hard, so I must have done something wrong. My kid is going through a hard time, so I must have messed up somewhere. And like, what's interesting is sometimes I don't even think that's a bad way of seeing. I'm like, maybe I did. And it's more of a curiosity. I'm open to the possibility that I've made a mistake, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean my lifestyle is wrong as a working right. mom. Right. And I think it's a continual evaluation of what you need, what your family needs. like. Yeah, I think curiosity and evolution is the point of everything. But I don't think there's an easy button that you just push and 
That's really what I was hoping you were going to share. On I'm this sorry. Podcast, actually. <laughs> I mean, if someone <laughs> contacts you after this and they have it, I'm totally interested. In what- <laughs> um, I don't know that it exists. I think it's finding yeah. way and finding purpose and choosing the life that you want and doing the things that are important. And loving both. I remember the first time I admitted to myself, one, that I was ambitious and two, that I like working. It almost felt like taboo to say because that wasn't really like talked about out loud, even though people do. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, well, I love working. Do you love working? Just going to say, so after I had my first child, I went out on maternity leave for whatever. It was like three months of no work. And that adjustment to a first baby, in my experience, was very challenging. Yeah. And I was an older mom and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm way too young to be figuring this out. And I was 30 years old when I had my first child. So people do it way younger and do it successfully. But that's how I felt. I was just like, I am completely incompetent. What in the world? They just let you go home with this tape? Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) You're like, I can't shower. Like, how is possible? This little person is just, anyway, life just turns upside down. So I was home for three months and went back to work and found a lovely daycare, like a lovely place for her to go. And that's the other thing I would say is my idea of my village who has helped me raise my children. These people are in my heart forever. And they have made such a difference in our family and with my children, the people who have loved them, not like a mom loves them, but in a very real and meaningful way. I wouldn't negate that, but we found a great daycare and dropped her off. And of course it was traumatic the first time. And I got to work and I was like, I feel like myself. (laughs) Yeah. And so having that work, at least for me, allowed me to sort of be me. Yeah. I resonate with that myself. And then I could go home and figure out this mom thing, which I think I have figured out better than I did right after I had my first child. But yeah, do I always love work? No, but do I feel that that's a place where I have made a meaningful contribution? Yes. And do I feel like I can do both and I have chosen to do both and it's been the right thing for my life? Yes. That's cool. I think there's probably some people who are listening to that haven't gotten to that place. Yeah. I feel like I'm at that place. I wasn't always. Mostly because of expectations and comparison, right? I'm like, oh, there's definitely like written in the stars a right way to be a mom and I haven't found it yet. You know what I mean? Instead of really coming down to personal agency where it's like, I choose this and I'm okay with my choices, including the consequences of the choices. Every time you choose something, it's like the stick, right? Yes, you get to pick up this side where it's like the things you love and you pick up the other side where it's maybe the things you don't. But no matter what you choose, that exists. It's not because it's wrong right? There's new challenges, I think, especially for moms who want to be a good mom and be good at your work. There's unique challenges, but you chose it and you can handle it. There is power in that. During one of the more challenging times of my career where I did have a really stressful kind of high profile job and I had three little kids, one with special needs, and I'm trying to like do all the things. I remember going up the elevator to work and I would repeat, like, I am enough. I have enough because I think so often we're like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. I'm not a good enough, whatever. And so just to come back and to know, and I know that you're spiritual and that's a really important part of my life. I'm doing things that I feel 
called and inspired to do. And it's not just as a mom and it's not just as a career, but like there is heavenly help, I think, yeah. to do all those things. And it doesn't serve us to sit around saying, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I, well, maybe there is enough time for the yeah. things that are the most important. And yes, you probably are going to have to let some things go. And it's okay. I was thinking about why do we feel like we should do things and that list we talked about and how often we as women put things on the list that we think, well, I should do this because I need to appear a certain way or I need to be admired by others yep. or whatever. Like, who cares? We've moved. Like, I wasn't the PTO room mom for my kid's class. And if anyone judged me, like, I'm not even in contact with them anymore. It doesn't matter. I agree. But what happens when your kid's like, why don't you volunteer in my classroom? What if uh, it's your kid that wants more from you? And that will happen. Yeah. What are you why saying? Why aren't you going on my field trip? Well, I've got work that I've got to do. My youngest, her love language, I think, is quality time. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes that's hard, but I figure out some other way to fill that need that she has. Yeah. You know, and I make an effort. I try to do some things, but I can't do all the things. Right. And by the way, neither can any mom. Neither can <laughs> any. That's what I say. I'm like, no matter what kind of mom you are, there'll be moments that you can't give your kid what they're asking for. It has nothing to do actually with your work schedule. This is the condition of life. And I think one of the things as a working mom, like I remember being like, well, my kids can only do activities after work, right? I can't take them to do activities at 3.30 when school gets yeah. out. And you figure it out and you find other options and it's okay. So I think we feel guilty about a lot of things that it's not necessary to feel guilty. No one is going to be scarred forever because they had dance class on Saturday morning instead of Monday right after school. Yeah. But it's really easy to judge ourselves and to take on this guilt that comes from nowhere except yeah. I don't know, from ourselves. I think you just spoke to a tool that you didn't articulate, but I think that you're creative. You're like, oh, we can do dance class at 3 p.m., but we can do it on Saturday mornings. I think that that's like the kind of stuff that makes it work. You're like, I'm willing to find out how to make this work for our family. It might not look like other people, but I can do this. Yeah, totally. So good. Kind of fun. It's a challenge. I think that's a perception that we choose matters, you know, instead of being like, oh, I'm not doing anything right according to these random people on the internet. <laughs> it's like, no, like, what feels good yeah. to me yeah, and my family? What works? What I always say, like, keep your blinders on, really being focused on what's happening inside your own home and how you feel about it, regardless of what the people think. Yes, what you need, what your kids need. Which changes, like you said, it's going to look different. But instead of a field trip, going and having lunch and going shopping or, you know, whatever on a yeah. Saturday, I have found that works really well. So good. Know? So much gold. Well, if you were to sit down with a working mom and like just had one piece of wisdom to share with her and you're just going to share this golden nugget with her, maybe she's overwhelmed, maybe she's tired, maybe she's doubting herself, maybe she's just like, ah, my kids are in my way of my dreams or maybe... Ah, my dreams are in the way of my kids, you know, <laughs> whatever. What would you share with her? I think I would talk to her about what she wants to create in her life. And 
you know, maybe it's an adjective, maybe it's a tangible thing, but like, what does she want to create? And I think for me, like thinking about what I want to create with my kids, connection is what I want to create with my kids. And there's about 6 million ways to do that. And what do I want to create in my work life? It's accomplishment or, you know, whatever. I want to create a business or whatever. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think, especially now, there are so many different options to do all of those things. It's so true. We can create in a bunch of different ways. And I think kind of pushing yourself to not say, well, I want to create this and this is the way to do it. There's lots of ways. And I think that when we choose what we want to create, there is a lot of help to assist us in doing that. And it gives us a real focused direction, right? Like part of it is going to be, I'm choosing to create this and this stuff has no place in that. And so I'm just going to let it go. And I'm going to focus on what I'm creating and feel really good about that and make a conscious choice so that when people say, well, why are you doing that? Well, because I know what I'm doing and I'm consciously. And I do this on purpose. Yeah. Yes. And I'm owning it. No, it's not the right choice for anyone else, but it is the right choice for me. And as it changes, I will be creative and I will evolve. And that's powerful. That's That's powerful life. That's so good. Thank you, Brooke. You're welcome. And I think too, like, you know, I love the word conscious. Obviously, this whole podcast is called the conscious. (laughs) But I think that that speaks like personal power. And like, that's what I want more moms to know. It's like, you have power. You're not like a victim to whatever you've chosen. And there's lots of creative solutions for you to create what you want. Like you said, like, if that's what you want, connection, there's lots of ways. There's not just one golden way. There's lots of ways to get what you want. Right. And it's not, well, Brooke reads to her kids every night. So I guess that's what I have to do. Like, yeah, there's moms who go to the park every day. There's moms, who, right. you know, do amazing craft projects. There are moms who get down on the floor and play pretend. Play. Yeah. And, and your way. Do it your way, because that's where you bring your uniqueness to the role. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're all different. And that's where you can find the joy and bring, I think, what your kids need in oh, a really good good. way. Thank you. How could people find you and get connected with you? Because now they're like, wait, where's Brooke? This is amazing. You can find me on Instagram, Brooke B. Meyer. That's B-R-O-O-K-E-B-M-E-Y-E-R. And looking to offer some resources for working moms here going forward. So it's a subject that's close to my heart because I've lived it and I know it can be challenging, but also it can be really joyful. Yeah. And as a side note, real talk, I met you at a retreat. That was like the first time that I met you. And you like to joke that you're like, you know, whatever, not Instagram worthy or whatever, (laughs) but you are real and you talk in real terms, which I think more people need to hear because we leave our little world of Instagram and then like our kids crying, there's Cheerios on the ground, you're overwhelmed and maybe haven't showered today or what can start, you know what I mean? In real life, I think that you can speak to what that actually looks like, not the glamorized version, which is why I wanted you on the podcast today. So thank you for hanging out with me and sharing all your wisdom. I have nothing if I'm not real. So thank you, Amber. But the world needs more of that. So thank you for being you and thank you for being here today. Thank you. Hey, I hope you loved and resonated with today's episode. 
If you did, I know you'd love to be a member of my community in The Matrix. It's where we combine business savvy with the inner work, where I help you build your business in a way that actually feels aligned to you and allows you to create the impact, money, and success you want. Find out more and join at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix. I'll see you inside.